pre-turkey week. Sure is. Welcome, everyone, to this completely unnecessary podcast super show for super. Friday, the rare Friday recording, November 17th, 2023, alongside Ian Ferguson. I'm here. I'm Pat Contry. On the show today, we'll, we, we'll, we'll, we'll be discussing some stuff. We'll be discussing NFTs uh, being worthless. What a shock. Uh, we'll be talking about uh, Atari buying digital Eclipse. Legend of Zelda live action movie announced Ian's worst nightmare. Video game sealed game crash from Carl Jobst. Also MCU in trouble and how we should fix it. What's going on in your world, Ian? You all right? Yeah, well, I've I've been sick, but that's okay. I've uh I've gotten sick after the last two conventions after Portland and I was in really rad uh at really rad weekend in Florida over the weekend. How was that? Was that nice? That was fantastic. It was a lot of fun. No uh, hurricane. Really, this year? really pretty too. Like very pretty uh uh venue. Um it wasn't too hot, although it rained all day on Saturday. Anyway, um, those are good, but it's, I haven't gotten sick from the conventions. Every time I've come home, Vani has gotten sick the previous weekend from something and I've caught whatever she has gotten. So, um, yeah, we've both been, she's got a, she's got a sequester. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, as we talked about on the, uh, the, the bonus bit in the beginning, I've been playing a lot of Othello again, uh, trying to get my skill up to, uh, I don't know. Uh, a reasonably respectable level. Um, the thing I like about Othello is uh, I love chess, but the thing I like about Othello over chess is it's um, I can usually get a game in on the toilet, whereas chess is, you know, longer. You can put a game in the toilet. I mean, yeah, oh. I can get a game in on the toilet uh, while while on the toilet. OK, yes. get a game in on the toilet. Um, and then <laughs> I. uh been watching a lot of basketball. My uh, Pistons are two and ten. We're looking great. Tank um, again. I mean, tank. besieged by uh, besieged by injuries, uh, but also just just poor play. Um, we uh, we lost our opener. Then we went on to win two, and we looked good in the opener. And I was like, "This is it, man. This is this is the year. The play in Pistons." And uh, <laughs> go well. Get that tenth seed. <laughs> playing pistons and no no it's been it's, it's been, been rough uh well, so many games that we just haven't been able to uh clinch well, so yeah that's been sad warriors started um, strong and then they lost five in a row yeah they're under 500 now aren't six they? and seven they were six and two and looking like wow yeah. they look like world beaters right now or pretty solid because steph was carrying them on their back no one else was scoring 20 points well, literally behind that's the problem them. like i watched i watched a handful of those games <laughs> that they won um and uh, I mean, like, yeah, they won. But I, what 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 I was looking at was not a, a strong team. I was looking at Steph literally carrying that team on his fucking back, and that's not sustainable. That's just not sustainable. No, no. And so he's, he, he it didn't work last year, and it's not going to work this year. Well, it worked enough to get past the, your Kings, but after that, it fell apart against the Lakers. <laughs> he put them on their back for the Kings Kings series. Uh, something's wrong with Clay Thompson mentally. Um, he's looking. Like he shouldn't be playing in the NBA. So that about Wiggins, but Wiggins actually was like rebounding and actually starting to work hard, even if he wasn't shooting. Clay Thompson looks like he shouldn't be in the NBA right now. Like I'm not even using hyperbole. He looks that bad. 
He looks uh, bad. No, I mean, I wasn't. Um, I mean, I when I sent you that send him to the G League text yesterday, uh, I, I wasn't uh, kidding. I mean, he looked bad. He looked awful. One for nine from three. One for at ten. Whatever point and then not just I that, though. You. Just chucking up garbage Our with bitch. like awful. Oh, yeah, no, everything looked like with trash awful, with awful form. I can even tell as a layman that like his shooting form is off. He's not moving well. He's making bad. He like dribbled off his own foot and leg. He can't get separation from opponents. He needs to talk to like a sports psychologist. I honestly think like he needs like help. Like he looks lost. I think it's because uh, he's on a contract year. They did not want to extend him because it's like at this point you can't extend him for anything. So like he's kind of playing for the, his future uh, being there, which is sorry to say. It's like and really I, I bad. Mean, I, I've always liked him, but like I, I see him this year, like he hits a three after having an awful game and he still like taunts and shit. And it's like, dude, you no. don't have the taunting rights at the moment. You no, know? they got to sit him down and be like, you got to come off the bench or do something or else you can't play these minutes anymore. He can't I'm, start. I'm surprised he isn't a bench player like, already. He like, can't be starting games or finishing games like because he's been terrible. Oh, but anyway, yeah. what's what's good news? Uh, remember that analog pl- pocket had some stuff cr- that oh. they, they put out those color ones today. Oh, I uh, okay. I uh, did a. That's how they quick, get you. Well, I did a quick. <laughs> I did a quick and dirty deal with my friend this morning. Sold my white one and ordered a pink one. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, you fell and for the, the pink, play it loud. <laughs> and the pink one ships on uh, Monday, so I'll have it next week. So but you upgraded a good deal. So uh, so you you basically are, are buying into the ecosystem again with a colored version, not a glow in the dark, just a colored one. Those they glow- don't, they only did the glow in the dark ones once, and I is as, as neat as it is. I don't think I would have done that okay. because glow in the dark stuff can get weird over time. Really, it like just. Well, color. it'll stop eventually. Like that uh, stuff doesn't last forever. The, the isotopes disappear. The half life. Uh, I don't know how the hell that stuff works. I really liked <laughs> the clear ones. The clear blue one was really nice, but I think the pink one. When I saw it, I was like, "Fuck!" And I was actually thinking about selling my white one um, when they announced it and trying to get a pink one. But I was like, "I don't want to go through this hassle." So my buddy texts me this morning, and he's like, "I've got a pink analog pocket in my uh, shopping cart." He's like, "Talk me out of it." I was like, I can't talk you out of it. I was like, I wanted the pink one. I was actually going to sell my white one for it. And he goes, I think I'd rather have the white one. He's like, they're still in stock. If you order the pink one, I'll buy your white one. So I ordered oh. the pink one. <laughs> there you go. Selling in my white one. Get in early. I keep forgetting that we pre-ordered duos and that we're still going to get those. Like I, can't, like, I I said to myself, did I pre-order us both a duo? Like, and I did. Yeah. Like, end so, of year, they said shipping by uh, end of year. Um, I'm going to need you to be ready to get in your car and go pick those up when they <laughs> ship because I, I am very <laughs> excited for that. But uh, I'll, they I'll said end a, of year. and I mean, that's only a month and a half left. So we should have those pretty well, soon. Shipping, I hope I, before Christmas. I, well, they say shipping this year doesn't mean you're going to get it this year, but it means that they're shipping. But I, yes. I mean, at this point, that means they're on the boat coming over here. So that's good. Um, this is this one is a quick story. That we've heard about. I don't know if you ever brought this up before, but I heard about this before. That um, it, it was dropped by probably an ex-developer, programmer of the Sony PlayStation Daredevil game that was being in, uh, being developed for the PS2. It was canceled in 2004 and was mostly finished. So very interesting that this uh, got released there, got leaked to the uh, the public. It's always so. neat to see these. I don't really have a lot to say on every one that gets, you know, released or unearthed, but I wonder if it just had something to do with when was the movie? Uh, 
Wake me up! Wake me up! Wake me up! It was 2003, I believe. It was after Spider-Man. Okay, I wonder if it just got shelved because the movie had such a horrible, you know, everyone hated the movie. Really? I, I mean, it did well at the box. Remember, that was like the first of the new guard of, of, of comic book movies. X-Men, Spider-Man, Daredevil. You know, it, was, it did well enough to get the Electra spinoff. That was oh, that's t- right. terrible. I guess I never, I never saw it. Maybe I'm, I'm misjudging its importance. The, uh, the, direct, its presence. the director's cut's supposed to be a lot better because they have a lot more lawyer subplot with, um, uh, with what's his name that just passed away, the rapper, uh, God from Gangster's Paradise, Coolio. Coolio, Coolio like a, has a whole client subplot that was not in the theatrical version at all. I mean, they cut probably 20 to 30 minutes out of the movie just really? on that alone. Yeah. So never saw that. Uh, I, I thought the movie was all right. Uh, I, I like Michael Clark Duncan as Kingpin. Uh, there was actually no, when that was rolled around, people were like, no, there's no controversy about, you know, uh, race changing or whatever. Like, no, that, he's a big hulking guy. I remember that. Like, people were all for that back then. Nowadays, I don't know how it would go. But back then, that was fine. I actually didn't like the redesign of Bullseye, uh, having it, like, seared into his forehead. I thought that was kind of cheesy yeah. and dumb. It's like, I'm an assassin. How do you uh, go unnoticed? I don't know. I'm just going to have it fucking seared into my forehead, a, a, a target. It's like, it's so fucking dumb. It was so much better in the Daredevil se- uh, se- series three. It was, Bullseye was so much done so much better. Obviously, because that series was awesome. Um, but you should be happy that they're now back in production on da- the new Daredevil series. I just keep hearing that. So, yeah, I mean, I'll be happy I, when I actually see it. And the Echo trailer, I was saying I had no interest in Echo at all, because who the hell is Echo to me? Uh, she just showed up in Hawkeye. Trailer looked pretty good with your boy Vince. I mean, I, I'm, I, I'm kind of into it. It looked bloody and violent. And right. I have I have zero interest in MCU stuff at this point, which we'll get into later. But I was like, I might give it a shot. I might give it a shot. You might have hooked me for that with with, with the Dinoff. Uh, yeah, I mean he's good. He's he always good. He's he's fantastic. Always underrated. I just watched again. Um, even though it's sacrilege, probably to Frank, uh, the Magnificent Seven remake with Denzel Washington. It's not horrible. Uh, there are some issues to it. But D'Onofrio's in it, and he's obviously great. He plays like a, you know, like like a, a mountain man, basically, in that. You ever see that before? I have not seen that. It's a good cast. It's a very good cast. Um, no, like I said, it's one of those like remakes that, well, none of them are really necessary. But it's, but it's a classic story, obviously, and it has a great, great cast in it. Uh, in a shock, 95% of NFTs are now uh, are, are dead. They're worthless. There's no one buying the vast majority of these have been minted the past years. Um, yep. This comes from Dap Gamble without an E.com. Uh, it's just called Dead NFTs, the evolving landscape of the NFT market. Evolving as in evolving to nothing. <laughs> so I think I read this last uh, week or two weeks ago. Maybe it's pulling data from uh, a different one that I had read, but. Yeah, it's it, it it's 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 crazy. So one of the big bold things that they highlight is of the seventy three thousand two hundred and fifty seven NFT collections they identified, sixty nine thousand seven hundred ninety five of them have a market cap of zero. <laughs> that's not a good cap to have. You never want a no, market cap of zero. No, um, zero trading. <laughs> yeah, a lot of the investments are worthless. Uh, obviously, there are some up top that are still holding some monetary value uh because there's enough of a shaky framework together to keep sure. some of the things from from crashing the but apes I, huh the apes 
yeah the, the apes uh cyberpunks yeah, yeah, or something like or digital punks yeah was another one that's the only ones i know which means you're 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 bad if i only know two of them as, yeah as casual person um but yeah uh, and it's it, it's funny every once in a while i'll still sign into that hell site that is uh twitter and uh i'll go trolling for like uh nft stuff like i'll usually start with um looking at a web three is going great tweet and then look at the replies because it's the only time where you want all the blue checked replies right up top, because it's just all the idiots who are trying to convince each other that NFTs are fine and they're not going away. And I get a little bit of schadenfreude just from watching these idiots fucking fall all over themselves, trying to convince themselves that they weren't, um, they weren't, you know, uh, uh, bamboozled my favorite thing that happens these days with nft comments is people who talk about the good old days remember the early times 2021 i was gonna say it's been two <laughs> years so like what are you talking about at most it's been three years <laughs> like the good old days what when we still couldn't go anywhere yet because of the pandemic what's like what do you mean that's why if you bought watch. a hamster when nfts became popular that hamster might still be alive a goldfish might be still alive yeah, this is a weird article. I'm going to call it an article because it because in the middle of it, well, first of all, they went over the huge fucking ridiculous amount of energy that was been wasted by minting this shit. Let alone right. buying, you're minting all this shit on the blockchain that's never going to be touched or utilized. Just so fucking awful to begin with. But the NFTs with real use cases. Here are just some of the many examples of practically. I thought they were trolling. Uh, gaming, unique in-game assets can be bought, sold, and used. And we, we said before, like you said, you don't need that. Um, preserving, are you hearing this, Ian? I'm turning my light on, yes. Preserving cultural heritage. Yes. NFTs can be used to digitize and protect cultural artifacts, giving them a unique immutable status on a blockchain. So no. what are you saying? You take no. a fucking picture of like an old coin or something, or what do you mean? I like, what the hell? used to use this as examples, and then the cultural artifacts we have are fucking apes with green ooze dripping out what? of their ears. What? Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? artifact, but not an important or good one. <laughs> I thought they meant like a, like a real cultural artifact, like something from someone's cultural heritage. Awful. Uh, let's see. Real estate. This is great. Um, owned properties can be tokenized as NFTs, allowing for the sale of the property on blockchain platforms, which would provide a pathway to much easier selling. Listen, folks, I've been I've been critical, not publicly, about uh, the way real estate's done by the by the fees, how it's all monopoly. There was a huge class action lawsuit that came out a week and a half ago, Ian, about that uh, that that said that the uh, the real estate uh, association has conspired to keep like a fees high. And everything, and they got dinged for one point eight billion dollars in the state of Missouri. It might change. It, it might change how real estate is bought and sold going forward. Because I always said to myself, um, "Why? Why is it six percent that you give up three percent to the selling agent and buyer across the board? Doesn't matter if it's a if it's a home that's worth a hundred thousand or two million or three million. It doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make sense for the amount of time and effort goes into it. Plus all the other weird underwriting fees that go into it. The uh, the, the sellers pay a lot of money when they sell." Uh, a place a lot right so, so uh and that was has never been really been looked at now uh, nowadays there's like one percent fees for like redfin and things like that where you kind of do some of the work yourself and so there's been changes slowly coming the point is this 
as shitty as our system is, I still trust that over putting my property on the fucking blockchain <laughs> where I yeah. can click on a, a link by accident and, and have my home, uh, you know, automatically transferred to some person living in Eastern Europe that hacked me. You know, like I rather <laughs> I, I don't want to live in that world. I'd rather still have safeguards. Yes, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Am I crazy for saying no. that? And we've talked about this all before. I mean, it, it is. It's 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 absolutely ridiculous. Um, but there isn't enough demand to keep up with supply. That's the other thing that they're noticing. Have you noticed that there are still people still announce like NFT drops? Really? Who's yeah. buying them at this point? No one. I think everyone just keeps putting another one out in hopes For that hopes. the next one is going to catch. Throwing that good what, money after bad. What's the cost to mint an NFT? Like, what's the actual cost if I did an NFT of a thousand? I, I mean, that I couldn't tell you right now. I have no but idea. But you only need probably like ten idiots is, to buy it to make you know to make up for the cost i don't yeah i'm I'm assuming it's not nearly as much as it used to be because i think it's all relative to the the value of of ethereum and the you know that's dropped is that what you mean okay i'm gonna look actually i've never i have not looked at the ethereum the value oh thank god the soundboard's back oh boy because i would have to assume ethereum itself has tanked i mean all crypto has been down for the past year at least um, okay, it's one thousand nine hundred and sixty-one per unit. I actually have no idea what that compares to. I think it was like two thousand five hundred at some point. What is Bitcoin? I looked at Bitcoin price in a while. It dropped down to like it's up to thirty-six again. And it's still way lower than the peak, but I'm surprised it got that high again. Yeah, what was the peak like? Fifty-five, sixty, sixty-three, sixty fall, sixty-four, November twelfth, two thousand twenty-one. There, yeah, that was the highest. Then it ever fell got. till a year ago. It was at sixteen, sixteen thousand. Oh, this is a pump. It was at twenty six thousand uh, a couple months ago. Now it's gone up thirty six thousand. They're pumping it. Get in early. Well, it's all a fucking game. Bitcoin is is uh, it's not too big to fail, but it's bigger and will fail uh, harder but slower. I, there's enough people there to keep that propped up. Did I tell you I got somewhat. I got into a heated argument with someone at a poker game, an in person poker game, because they were pushing Jeez. they were pushing Should've pushing Bitcoin. <laughs> no, but they brought everyone brought up the same points about well in El Salvador they're using it. And I said to them, do you know how much how much they got fucked by buying you know by buying it in like countries like that? Like, are you kidding? Yeah, no and, kidding. And you still can't buy and sell things with it easily. You never will. So it's never going to be a real currency. So you have to admit it's not a currency at this point. It's just a holder of wealth. It's like the same tired arguments. It's ridiculous. Well, and I have noticed I, that people don't use the currency arguments anymore because, because it's ridiculous. It, it, it's I, impossible to use it as a currency. There's no fucking way to use it as a currency. They just go back to the same old, well, it's a way that the government doesn't control your money. And it's like, listen, asshole, um, my money's insured by the bank. And the, the, government, the government insures my money in a bank account. My money's not insured in crypto or anything else if something weird happens. Or something disappears, or like, or it's gone. There's no insurance for that. No insurance for fraud things that happen or anything. Someone's, well, and they're the first people who, uh, why, you know, ask people yeah. for help as soon as something goes wrong. They love the idea of the lawless nature, libertarianism of no with money. Yeah, deregulation. But, uh, yeah. No, yeah. Once it actually bites them in the ass, they're not happy anymore. Someone stole all my apes. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, 
you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. <laughs> yes. You know where Bitcoin's not accepted? UltimateNintendo.com. We want greenbacks, credit cards, PayPal there, where you can buy for a hey, chips, Black, Fr- Black Friday's coming up. You can buy certain NES and Super Nintendo guidebooks. Uh, I'm not saying the NES book's going to sell out tomorrow, but you better get in early because it's going to sell out. Uh, the third print run of the NES. And we got, uh, we got, we got stickers, RBI baseball stickers. We got CU podcast enamel pins. We got things of that nature all at ultimatenintendo.com. I'm on Twitch every Wednesday. Ian will never be there. Twitch.tv slash contra code. Watching the greatest 70s, 80s, and 90s commercials. That's fun as well. And Cameo, eh, once a month, someone requests a Cameo. That was definitely a pandemic thing as well with Cameo. Well, it, it was a pandemic thing, but Pat, I, I mean, there is a finite audience of people who want a Cameo from anyone, and once that's played out it's, it's oh done. sure it's not going to be every day forever you know what i mean yeah. but it was hot when it started it was hot everyone was doing it um and i got i put out a couple nes punk videos i went back and looked at the nes punk records ian i have a vault i have like a file cart system mm-hmm. this was the first time ever i put out two nes punk videos full not like ian sitting there me recording parts one through seven of my collection video Two NES Punk videos came out in a little over two weeks. That had never happened before in 15 years. Nice. Ever. And I don't know why. Still. Yeah, I was going to say, that was really uh, quick. Yeah. But I think the record before that was like same, same calendar month, like November 1st and November 30th, like four full weeks. Never uh-huh. happened before. So go check out uh, Forgotten NES Games. I, I don't know if Ian saw that one. Uh, that's that acts as my de facto 15, 15th anniversary video, um, and you can watch what Ian definitely didn't see sh- a review of Shark Shark. <laughs> Pat, I, I I reviewed Shark Shark. I don't need to watch another review of Shark. Well, Shark. you have will watch the video. I will watch the fifteenth year anniversary. You still haven't seen the fifteenth anniversary? It's been out for three weeks. No, I have not. Jeez, you hate me, Ian. I don't hate you. I just you really don't, don't watch you really don't like videos. Me. I don't know why you do a podcast. I, never have. I don't know why you don't do a podcast with someone you don't like. I don't know why you do that. Um, <laughs> Microsoft AI generative bullshit announced. I didn't really read this. I edited the doc, and I'm like, I can just read it. Microsoft is partnering with in-world AI to create Xbox game dev tools for generative AI characters, storylines, and more. Uh <sighs> great. Sounds awful. At Xbox, we believe that with better tools, creators can make even more extraordinary games. Great. So you'll have AI dialogue that'll suck ass. Like that's basically what's going to happen. We're only a ma- we're only like one or two like um, court cases away from putting a, a kibosh on a lot of generative AI stuff for entertainment. I mean, like it's going to happen at some point where it's going to be challenged for copyright grounds uh, that you can't just plug in shit and then build off other people's work for images for writing. And already, uh, thank uh, the, the you know the screen Screen Actors Guild and the, the and the uh, SAG AFTRA just said you can't use AI shit. And I just saw someone saying that was it Steam or something that said like games have to be marked if they use AI in its involvement. What who came out with that? I didn't add that to the document. But that- um, you know, I heard rumbling. Let me look and see. I heard rumblings of that, but I don't Steam and AI games because I haven't seen it on any on any games yet. But this uh, is okay. So, Steam blocking generative AI, it is doing this. Was announced in September oh. at some point. So, I guess it was 
they have banned it. So they banned AI what Microsoft developed is, games. They, they, so I don't know if like AI art in a game. Um, well, okay. It, it, see, it's specifically saying no to AI made games. So I don't know if that means an AI is making the game or if it includes the art. Sure. I thought I saw something about at least the art because it'll get to the point. It'll get to the point where you'll be able to make a game without any original art. It just will. You'll get to that point where you just ask, uh, uh, what the hell is the big one? What's the big uh, art one? I forget. There's like two or three of them. Hey, make me all these assets. <laughs> like, like that's it. And, and that'll be weird. And plus, you're you're just ripping off other art to create your new art. Okay, so, so here's what it said. Oh. Um, Valve silence was broken by a developer posting screenshots of conversations with the company. Uh, Reddit user Potter Harry ninety seven posted that he tried to submit a video game on Steam that contained two to three AI generated assets. So yeah, it looks like if you used AI to make the art or something like that, it'll get banned, which is fine. I How do they know it. that it's AI? Is there like a is there something that can tell if the image is AI? Uh, I I couldn't tell you. Oh. That I don't know. I don't know enough about it. I'm sure teachers have tools now that they can tell if it was ran through like Chat GPT. For like uh, stuff? I don't know if they can. There are programs that I believe you can run a paper through. Sure. Uh, that I read that will kind of give you an idea, like what percent chance likely is this to be um, AI written? That's the world. That's what we're using our tech for to cheat on the homework and and porn and make porn images. Basically, that's what we're doing. Um. Yeah, I suppose that's the thing too, huh? It's everything. Yeah. Yeah. Remember, technology always is used for porn almost immediately. Any new sure, tech. but that's usually like pushed out into the public, and I'm surprised I haven't seen anything about that. Well, I'll just say if you're on certain you know sites, you'll see like a little advertisement. It's like make create your own AI porn and shit like that. It'll, it'll probably like ask you like. I mean, I'm occasionally on those sites. I just always thought that was bullshit. I I just figured that was something that you clicked well, on to get a virus on your computer. Now we got we both have homework. That's all. We all right. Good. Great. We have. You can create your perfect Meredith Baxter <laughs> Bernie AI for that. <laughs> so the following. I, I, uh, you what? always think it's Meredith what? Baxter Bernie, but it never was. You I can't said it was. Who it was. No, it's not. Unless you were misspoken. The person that I was talking about was someone completely different. So it I was, misheard. Uh, I misheard Meredith Baxter Bernie somehow. Is that what you're saying? I misheard. I that? was looking up. No, that was when I was looking up. Um, Phoebe Tate's. <laughs> Who it was, was it? Phoebe Cates. Phoebe Cates. I have the picture saved on my laptop. So you're saying I confused Phoebe Cates with Meredith Baxter Bernie? You didn't actually say that? Is that what you're saying right now? Yes. That's crazy. That's fucking crazy. They're like the two opposite people. I, yeah, I know. But I have no idea where the Meredith Baxter Bernie thing came, come, believe, came from with you. I believe you said it one time. And she was a cutie. She probably still is. I mean, she, she was. So they were actually not that older than like Michael J. Fox. Like oh so, yeah, like no, if they, they were, if they, they had were, kids, they, they like they were like not even twenty. You know, they were like sixteen when they had them as hippies. This portion of the CU podcast is brought to you by the new retroware and Prison City, developed by Programancer. It's now out on all consoles like Nintendo Switch, Xbox, PlayStation. It's also on PC at the Steam and Epic Game Stores. Prison City is a dystopian action-packed side scroller with tight mechanics and intricate level design. Battle techno-terrorists with your chakram and grenades, eat hot dogs for health, and locate contacts to help take down bosses. It pays tribute to late NES games like Power Blade, Shatterhand, and Vice Project Doom, with the map approach and style of the Mega Man games. There are also a ton of action movie references from Escape from New York, 
Terminator to RoboCop. And it's set in the far-off year of 1997, just like the game came out in 1990 for the NES. I got my hands dirty with it a little bit, and I've really enjoyed my time. The controls are super snappy. The graphics look exactly like a 1992 NES game. I mean, it's just, it's really pretty to look at. The tunes are jamming, and the main weapon, the Chakram, is actually pretty controllable. You can fire it at an angle, you can hold it out in the air. I really enjoyed playing it. It, it definitely has a Power Blade vibe. Vibe if you've ever enjoyed that game. You can get Prison City today. It's available on all systems. Find it on Steam or your favorite console. If you're watching on YouTube, you can click on the link in the description below. Anyway, anyway, this moving uh, on. This was news that came out of nowhere, like an RKO. Um, Atari uh, acquiring Digital Eclipse. Obviously, uh, Digital Eclipse worked with Atari with the amazing came out about a year ago already. The Atari 50 collection. Uh, correct. I, th- I don't know if it was really, was it already? It was la- I believe it was last year because the yeah, 50th anniversary was 72. Yeah, holy shit. Okay. Yeah, this, year, this year. is a weird fucking year. It's, I can't tell if it's gone slow or fast. It just seemed like it's almost like a lost year this year to me. Anyway, um, so they, they did an announcement about it. Uh, so the current, all the current stuff is going forward, which is good. You know, it's going to be no, like, no, 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 nothing like weird. Like they just stop working on stuff. So I, yeah. I, I'm going to, I'm going to try to, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to hedge my bets and say that this is not a bad thing for them specifically. I don't like it when developers or when publishers buy up development studios. I don't. And it's hard for me to, you know, just wave well, it away for this one. Sure. However, um, based on their announcement, which I will believe it face, I know people who work there. Uh, I've talked to a number of people who work there. Um, I don't think this is a. I don't think Digital Eclipse is a developer that would have agreed to the buyout had they not had some certainty that they would be allowed to continue in the way that they are continuing. Um, I am still nervous, but I I do like I said the announcement reads well to me uh and the big thing that i would have been concerned about is digital clips only allowed to work on atari properties that's absolutely not the case and it makes sense um atari is not uh, whatever people want to think about modern atari and clearly we think a lot of things about them um they are no longer really a company that is just trying to and whether or not this is a good idea or not they are no longer a company that is just trying to um promote their own games in the past uh you know whether we believe it or not they've you know we've we've gone over press releases from atari where they talk about re-entering the new age uh they've been buying up um ip left and right (sighs) so i don't think atari obviously they will always try to lean back on some of the stuff that they have but i don't think they're really concerned about it just being the image of atari we know i don't think they really care about it just being remakes of atari games anymore I do think there is probably truth to that, that they, I don't really think they, they give a shit what they work on. I imagine it'll probably be more focused in this game history style though, which is fine. Sure. I think we're going to see a lot more gold master and we're going to see a lot more, um, you know, Atari 50th anniversary type stuff. Yeah. So right now, um, this came out with a Karateka, uh, gold series, the first one, which and is now, 
great. And they had the Wizardry game, that just the Wizardry collection just came out, right? No, it's not a collection. So oh, I've been sorry. playing that. The first Wizardry, uh, Proving Grounds of the Mad Overlord, is a graphical remaster of the original Wizardry. Is that game. out already? Well, it's in early access. It's been oh. out. it's been out for like three months. Okay. Um, and I've been playing it, and uh, it looks great. And it's it's funny because it's Wizardry. It, it, it runs off the exact same rules as wizardry. Everything you can break in the original wizardry, it, it's all built on top of the original code. So just, whatever okay. you could break or do in the original, original wizardry is there. It's a fun game, but at this point in time, playing through wizardry, like you're a brand new baby to it is a soul crushing experience. So the fun becomes how are you going to break the game this time with nicer graphics on top of it? Yeah, it's a 40-year-old engine, basically what you're saying. Yeah, it is. They're and, putting graphics you know, you on can, You yeah. can break the shit out of it. There is sure. stuff that's completely I, unfair. Like, So, yeah, break it. Pick up the, like, load up an FAQ and tear it apart. Yeah, so that's going to appeal to, obviously, that certain hardcore dungeon-crawling audience that loves that sort of game. Right. I, I think uh, they're really going to kind of narrow so, in their focus on this this classic so era stuff. So this was uh this was unnerving to me. I, I wasn't upset. I wasn't happy. This makes me extremely uncomfortable uh, when I heard about this, because Atari has searched for the past ten years for a way to make money. Yes, I, in any possible way they could. Crypto, NFTs that we've covered on the podcast only a year ago, year and a half ago, two years ago. Um, harebrained ideas for casinos and hotels. And the Atari VCS that came out was not good. And yes, this is a semi-changing of the guard with Wade Rosen being involved, but it's still the same company. And this is, and this is also, as a caveat, I should say, this is also a French company at this point. And it, it, that matters not a lot, but it also means that the control of all this stuff is never going to be centered around. That's nothing to do with Atari anyway, but like Atari hasn't been Atari for 40 years at this point. Uh, well, that, so that was matter. kind of my yeah. point. I'm not sure. surprised that they aren't restricted to Atari licenses because Atari isn't the Atari yes. they once were. A Atari is trying to now be, we are the old game company. Yes. For whatever that means. So we're going to buy Night Dive Studios. We're going to buy Moby Games, which I still can't figure out how they make money doing that. And they paid oh, they paid a million and a half dollars for that. And I said, I don't know what they're I doing. I also wonder where uh, the fuck all the money is well, coming that's, from. That's what I'm going to get to in a second. Um, they paid a lot for that. They just bought Atari Age. I have no clue. But for what I hear, the, one of the main reasons they bought Atari Age, or one of the reasons they bought Atari Age, is because then they have instant access to a whole bunch of Atari uh, homebrewers, homebrew programmers that can help them make games to sell. Uh, I mean, yeah, I guess uh, so, I, that makes sense. Again, though, you're not going to sell a lot of those individual games, but at least you have access. They've been, they've been, they've been leaning into that. They've been doing right. their cartridge. So they are desperate for a way to make money because this is, uh, they have investment money. Obviously, this is a penny stock company. They are, mm -hmm. it's 10 cents on the exchange wherever Atari SA is traded. It's a French really? company. So like they are, they probably had, have gotten an infusion of money the past couple of years. And are now like, we really need to make money or else I don't know what we're going to do. So this is a gambit, in my opinion, to do this. Because otherwise, we always said, how can Atari make money? Like, it's, right. a, it's, a, it's a zombie brand almost. People don't even can't even tell you, like Ian will say, people can't even tell you what Atari actually made. 
They'll, they'll, they'll point to a and that car. That was one of the funniest yeah. things that, you know, happened. I mean, and anyone who anyone who works in a retro video game store will tell you that someone walks in who doesn't know a lot about games. Even some people who do know about games, they look at an Atari and they go, oh, I had favorites on there. I loved the Atari games, uh, you know, River Raid and Barnstorming and, and Keystone you know. Capers. And, and it's yeah. like none of those were made by Atari. Like their bread and butter at that point was the arcade games. Then, it, then it's a different kind of company that did those ones we love in the mid '80s, so like like 720 and APB. So it's like, all right, it's a right. mess. The rights things are a mess. So this, so it's unnerving because now you have like Digital Eclipse has helped usher in this like new golden era of retro video game, you know, compilations. Um, and now it's eventually going to be in danger. We are we are now at the tail end, or hopefully tail end of all these studios destroying game developer companies that they just purchased the past year or two. It's in the news. It's, it's in the news every other week. I, I, I was going to put a link up. Uh, I did. Oh, there's been over 6,000 jobs lost in the game industry biz this year so far. 6,000 jobs. And these were all companies that said uh, the line can only go up because it's a pandemic and everyone's forced to buy games entertainment. So we're going to buy up. All, we're going to, it's now, a, it's now a war to buy up all as many game dev and publishers we can, but there's been a downturn. So what do you do? You fire people that you, that thought that they're going to be in a great place. And they made a deal thinking oh, we're going to have resources. We're going to get, obviously the people high higher up and stockholders get paid out. And this can always turn bad. And that's why it's unnerving. That's why I'm not saying it's going to happen tomorrow or a year from now. It's always now going to be in the back of your mind because now it is a concern. It's always it's, a concern. Yeah. Yes. And uh, and that's why I said, you know, I, I think that the people there are particularly smart and had some conversations, but you never know what a company is going there to do. There is zero guarantee when you're a publicly traded company what happens to you. Right. That's the bottom line. Zero guarantee. There's actually a video game layoffs.com, which is now depressing that that has to exist because now it's being updated every week. Ubisoft Montreal, 135 folks gone uh, on the 7th. Free Radical Design, 80 people gone on November 8th. 30 people uh, fired from Digital Extremes on uh, the 9th. The 13th, Amazon Games. This was a news story. Amazon Games basically laid off most of that. 180 people gone. It's every week. Yeah. There are small and large Epic Games laid off 830 people end of September. You, I mean, I didn't know this site existed until today, and it's really startling. And again, a lot of these were acquired the past couple years during the pandemic. So right. there you go. Hope it doesn't happen, but it's out of your hands once you're no longer a private company. They can tell you what to do, when to do it. Fair. You know, that's the bottom line. Um, and they went through a list of this Atari SA sold off a bunch of shit 10 years ago that they bought. Um, so I'm not saying it's going to happen again, but they have a history. They, they were bankrupt uh, 10 years ago and sold off a bunch of shit in order to keep going. So there you have it. Um, Ian's worst nightmare happened, which he on the show said would be uh, he would he would uh, boycott. He would start up a, a, a digital e-signature. <laughs> no, he would yeah, remember, remember when those were hot than I used to be, but I still online. have, but, but, but I, I still don't love this concept of a live action Zelda movie. Remember online petitions? Oh, that's, is that still a thing? That seemed like that was a fad. I mean, they never really were a thing. I, I mean, if you get, 
get my drift, get my drift. <laughs> they were never really a thing. They never were effective. Let me put it that way. Well, no, it's because it's just an e-signature. I mean, yes. not even. Um, Slacktivism. This is from Variety. Your source in the Hollywood back. Oh, that's Hollywood Reporters, your source for Hollywood news. Nintendo's developing a live action film. Um, it was announced by Shigeru Miyamoto. This is Miyamoto. I have been yeah, working on the right. live action film of The Legend of Zelda for many years now with Avi Arad San, who has produced many mega hit films. Um, I remember um, uh, so, someone posted, they were like, I like this tweet because it gives me the image of Miyamoto just walking by someone's computer and being like, hmm, I need to tell them something real quick. <laughs> Avi Arad San has a very very mixed history with producing yes, films i looked it up <laughs> oh i knew the name because he fucked he fucked sam raimi in, raimi in spider-man 3 yeah by forcing venom in like that was all him like yeah. he has a very very weird history when it comes to uh some of these movies he was he's still he's still marked as producer for the spider-man movies the latest ones as a legacy thing because he helped uh, produce them when they came out somehow i forget how but he, he got involved with almost all of the of the pre-MCU superhero ones from the 2000s. It was all him. Daredevil, yep. Hulk, Punisher, Spider-Man 2, Elektra, Man-Thing. I forgot that was a, a thing. The Fantastic Four movies. Remember the Ghost Rider films with Nicolas Cage? But I still have to see. I haven't seen those. I haven't seen those either. There was more, multiple? So, Oh, yeah. There was two. Spirits of Edge. There was two Nicolas Cage ones. You didn't know that? Jesus Christ. No. And the second one came out. Remember, the second one came out when the, right before the MCU was like, all, remember, before Disney bought it. That was 2011. So it was still like, what are we doing? We want to do an Avengers film. And then it was that ball 2010. And anyway, remember there was supposed to be a Punisher. Remember there was Punisher Warzone that came out. Yeah. Uh, about 10, 11 years ago. Um, so anyway, this is unnerving as well because of that alone. <laughs> so, um, directed, yeah, I be directed by Wes Bell who helmed the maze runner trilogy. I have no idea what those are like. I heard they were all right if you read the books. And the upcoming Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, written by Jurassic World screenwriter. Okay, I didn't see Jurassic World. Is that was that a good screen? Was that a good script? Uh, The first Jurassic World was fine. Okay, I liked it. I didn't, but I didn't like it enough to see the rest of the Jurassic Worlds. I just saw the last one because it was on TV, and it was like, oh, it has the old cast in it. I'll turn on. It was just nostalgia bait, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I'd watch it for free if it was on Netflix or something, but I didn't make myself go out to the theaters for him. It was harmless, the last one, from what I saw. I didn't see the other two. Um, I heard the second one was particularly bad. A Lost King, Fallen Kingdom or something it was called? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. This is all about the director. It's all about the script. It's all about who they cast. Like, I don't want them to go. I don't want them to go a Chris Pratt route and get the safest fucking choice because I'll be. I'll be annoyed if they do that. I will be annoyed like, oh, we're going to get who we think is popular, even though that's not going to sell the movie. Chris Pratt did not sell people seeing the Super Mario Brothers movie. No. Like, uh, so, I, yeah. I mean, well, you didn't need anyone to help you sell yes. the Super Mario Brothers movie. And that's the thing. There was no reason to go with the safe bet when no one needed. There, uh, no one was convinced to go see the Mario. Bro- no one was on the fence and like, eh, well, OK, I love that Chris Pratt. So I'm going to go see Chris Pratt. No one did that. Um, I I can get over the fact that they're going to give Link a voice and whatever. I, I'm just I'm genuinely upset that it's not um, uh, animated in one sh- way, shape or another. 
Yeah, and it's 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 a rumor. Live that... action. That's I I. That's the that's my big sticking point. Well, I I think it, I think pff, the question would be if you did this, would they be obviously they want to do multiple films? Would they be all the same uh, game universe, or they would they jump around like the games do? Um, what would be the safest thing to do with that? I don't know. Right, because when you start thinking about sequels and stuff like that, are you gonna you know kind of take that from? the games where it's just kind of like different eras and shit, yeah, or are you going to just, are you going to try to keep a, a running storyline? Yeah. Yeah. Cause you had, the, you had the first two games that were a, a, a sequel. Then after that, they did whatever the hell they wanted. Right? right. And then some, I think bounced back to the same universe. I don't know enough about Zelda. There's been a billion games, but like, what do you do there? I don't know. I just don't want, I don't want like, Oh, like people say, Oh, they got to cast Tom Holland or something. Like if they do that, I will, I will not only not see this movie, I will be, I don't want to say anti-Nintendo, uh, but I'll be like so down on anything else they think about. They can't just say, well, what's going to help us get like 2% of people to come see it because it's a known entity. You can't do that. Like you can't, you, ha- you have to go for someone who is going to knock the part out of the park, in my opinion. You can't just do that. Sure. I mean, that's what they used to do with movies, right? They used to try. They like there, there's no more bankable stars anyway. There's no more, there's almost no such thing as a movie star anymore. It doesn't matter anymore. Like, like, you can't sell it anymore based upon We do have power. a bunch of young men that do tend to just kind of fill a template role. But they're not movie. Like, they're not like, even the last Mission Impossible did not do as well as people thought it was going to do. Huh. And Cruz is like one of the last movie stars that you can say, like, it's supposed to, like, everyone sees the movie because of him. So, yeah, we'll see what happens there, Ian. I'm not a. Uh, uh, oh, another news real quick. Uh, Pedro Pascal supposedly is up for Mr. Fantastic. Um,. We will see. Again, that's kind of a laziest choice just because, oh, he's the Mandalorian already. Uh, I don't know. I think he could do that. I think he's got character to him that could make that an interesting portrayal. Yes, but there's more than five actors out there. Yes, there are. Uh, That's the point. And he's doing now Mandalorian, which is, and he does The Last of Us. And it's like, there are other actors that can do these parts. And it's the same the thing. The Mandalorian, with Chris Pratt. I think, is wrapped though, isn't it? Wasn't season four supposed to be the end, or, or are they gonna, or season three, or are they gonna keep going? I think they're gonna keep going, but maybe Pedro Pascal won't be the star of it anymore. It'll be other characters, I okay. think. All right, yeah. And maybe yeah. he'll just come back every now and then. So my point is, is that we have to try other people. That's all. Oh, we, sure. We I'm not against that. But no, he'll do. I'll probably do great in the role. Uh, but yeah. Uh, it has to be a, a good movie because I don't know if Frank's going to be around for a third reboot. Uh, so you got to, I mean, <laughs> come on, you're killing me here. I don't, I don't have the heart. He's never seen the, the one, the shitty one that came out in 2015. I think that would kill him. I can't show him that one. Uh, if you want to, if you want to listen to us jabber more, Ian, we have a Patreon, don't we? We do. Patreon.com slash CU podcast. You go there. You got got it. You, you get a writing. And you, you see us uh, hear us talk about Othello and chess technology, an AI for 20 minutes. That's what we got going on there. And we do a hangout once a month, which is coincidentally going to happen on Saturday the 18th. So get Please in early. Please thrilled to the Othello talk. Yes. And get in early at patreon.com slash CU podcast. 
This portion of the CU Podcast is brought to you by True Classic Tees. The holidays are here, and that means one thing. It's time to break out your favorite jeans, T-shirts, and sweaters from True Classic. True Classic's ultra-comfortable, perfect-fitting essentials make for the perfect gift for the men in your life. Everything they make is crept with premium fabrics to help you look and feel great anytime, anywhere. And right now, for a limited time this November, they're giving our listeners a special Black Friday deal all month long. Up to 60% off site-wide at trueclassics.com slash podcast. Let's talk about the t-shirts for a second. I've said it before. They're amazing. True Classic completely re-engineered how t-shirts fit. They're tighter around the arms, chest, and shoulder, but have a looser fit in the torso. The fabric is ultra soft and makes for a comfortable base layer on chilly days. They also offer their comfort jeans, and they're my new go-to. They've got that classic look, but mold perfectly to my body with the perfect four-way stretch for maximum comfort. When it comes to sweatshirts, their hoodies and crews will become your go-to for casual Fridays, game days, and trips to the gym. They have nice zip-up hoodies that you can wear every single day. And if you're looking for a more formal look, they've got you covered there, too. They've just launched five different styles of button-up shirts, a new sweater that feels soft and comfortable, and fleece jackets to warm up during the cold weather. Seriously, whatever you choose, you can't go wrong with True Classic. All their clothing, from t-shirts, jeans, button-ups, is designed to be versatile and work with your lifestyle, so you can look and feel your best all damn day. In fact, True Classic is so committed to their products that they even have a 100% perfect fit guarantee and easy returns. Men, this is the perfect gift for you, but also a gift for her. So if you're ready to upgrade your closet, shop now with our exclusive link at trueclassictees.com slash podcast and save up to 60% off site-wide during their November holiday sale. End the year with holiday cheer. Thanks to True Classic. Ian. Yeah. Carl Jobs, who's heavily covered uh, the WADA scandal and sealed grade gay market, how it's been propped up with alleged fraudulent things and tomfoolery and chicanery, I could say. Chicanery, um, that's, yeah, that's, that's about right. He put out an update video, update. Update. Since he hasn't really done a video on this in about a year, since that mad dog gaming moby lookalike guy who attacked both me me and him if you remember that was really the last time that he, he um put out a video talking about this stuff so he wanted to do an update video the way we have from time to time there's actually a, a few games that appeared in his video that we've talked about a few months ago in the summer remember we talked about it i think late summer mm-hmm. um as well so he talks about the greater game market prices are down 50 to 90 percent in two years We've talked about that. We found a lot of games that were down 70, 80%. And that was without even deep searching. That was just looking at pick a popular game, click sold uh, listings on Heritage Auctions, and see all the prices scroll up. Which yeah. I'll get into that you can't do that anymore, which I'll get into later. He the also fact then, that they've eliminated that is uh, telling. The fact that they eliminated the ability for you to like look at all the Super Mario Brothers 3 sold listings and see them all lined up. Anyway, um, he said this was an interesting editorial. Speculators add nothing of value to society. I chuckled. I just think that's funny. Uh, and they really don't. Uh, you know. And this is something interesting as trying to uh, you know, use wealth for, to create an artificial arbitrage system. You said, uh, use their wealth as a weapon to steal money from others. And that was an interesting thought. We, did, we, we never really sort of like hammered the nail that hard about what happens with all these collector markets. But what you really do is, yes, you get the upper echelon of society, those that with money to burn, try to make themselves richer by fucking, by getting into these markets and fucking with it. 
and manipulating them. Well, that's always yeah. been the case. I mean, that's a, that's a common thing is that what if you had once you're rich, it's easy to get richer because sure. you have all the money to take these risks with and one pops off, then you get more money, but you're not, you're not missing the money that you lost. Sure. The, the reality of it is, is, uh, you know, uh, the dentist or whatever. Uh, well, well, I don't know about him. Anyways, there are plenty of people who got into this who are losing hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions, and they are just going to shrug it off and move on to the next thing. Sure. But they aren't the ones that created this bubble. They're the ones that got trapped in it. Some of them. Some of them, some of the people that had money got trapped in it. And the other ones are the ones that some people got richer or rich when they discovered they could, you know, sell a bunch of old Atari games for, uh, you know, 3,000 a pop that are worthless. So the point right. is, though, is that in order to coordinate this effort, it, it's people with money have to coordinate this effort. We saw that. We saw the Pawn Star stuff. We saw, you know, the people behind Heritage Auctions partnering with WADA Games. We saw that. So Carl went through about a dozen examples, which we'll go through real quick here. Some I'll stop on more than others. Uh, the first was a Madden Sega Genesis from 1990. I love you, Carl, but you were incorrect slightly. You said it was the first Madden game. It was the first Madden console game. The first, the first one was on uh, at the Apple II. If you watch the video game years, you'll see that. But anyway, which was 88, I believe. 88. Um, so Madden Sega Genesis. This is a cardboard first printing, four hundred eighty thousand dollars. They said it was from the offices of John Madden. Uh, Carl noted they did a video like. Uh, Holding it up, saying this is the first one that's come up for sale like this. Um, I, I seem, I kind of remember that one going up because and, I remember the offices thing. Yes, and this was an interesting about it. And there's nothing special. There's nothing like it's not signed by Madden. There's no. I don't think there's a. Uh, they, they gave you a, a certificate of authenticity that it came from Madden's office. I don't think. But either way, it's just the same regular copy you could have bought when it first came out. Well, what I, what I confirmed though, Ian, was that this was the first copy they ever auctioned off. They made sure that the first one they ever auctioned off was the one that came from Madden's offices. Yeah. So they I, suckered okay, in. I recall that too. They suckered in some asshole who didn't know yep. better uh, to be like, well, my God, it, it must be hard to find. They did a fucking video talking about this being important, and it's from the office of Madden. And that's the only way it got to close to, to half a million. Because the next one that came up a year later, uh, Carl told us, dropped to $21,000. A 96% <laughs> drop. And you can't tell me that's because, well, this one didn't come from Madden's offices. That's not why. So that was bad. Next one was a Tomb Raider PS1. And I put my note here, so dumb because they're plastic cases. And yeah, it's like you're, you're not really protecting much, but all right. Um, 144,000. Well, not- you got to protect the, the, the seal. I mean, again, this has nothing to do with sure. the actual game. It has to do with protecting the seal. You're protecting the plastic. Sure. That's protecting something that's already protected. It's like layers of protection. 144000 for a 9.4A. A better condition one, a 9.4A++, means the cellophane was better, went for not even 5000 9.4%, a 97% drop. We should have probably looked into these PlayStation ones a lot more because we always said once you get to the late 90s, these games are a lot more plentiful in sealed format. Once you get, to oh the yeah, no, century, that, I mean, I'm, I was uh, just looking at that one and thinking. I mean, that one is particularly dumb. It's not like they're all over the place, but the notion of someone stumbling upon a box of sealed Tomb Raiders black label, I mean, is not. It's, it's not out of the realm of possibility in any way, shape, or form. Or it's bought for someone and never played. It it's or yeah. found like it happens. 
it, it absolutely happens. We saw with the with the, the with the bunch of it was a was a, like a sealed Metroid or something that happened a couple of years ago. There was all a news item. Oh, they found it. They bought it and never played the damn thing. I always think it's so weird, but like, yeah, it, it definitely happens. Vani was telling me the other day that she still has a sealed copy of Jurassic Park on VHS because both her and her brother got a copy for Christmas, and you know, only one was well, open. What is it? Sealed. That's and it's right. like you you can go return stuff, but how often do people actually like? It's it's weird how in. It's weird that there are people who don't return things, and how often that will happen. Well, it's a, it's a hassle. You got to stand in line. Especially if it's a gift. If it was a sure. gift from someone, you got to get a hold of them and find out where they got it from and etc. The next one is Resident Evil PlayStation Longbox, which I do have one. Not sealed, but I have one. $264,000. Quarter of a mil. You can buy a house in a large chunk of the U.S. with that. A decent house. The same exact copy went for 38400 uh, Carl suggested that uh, since it was the same image used, it wasn't a new image, that it was actually, it never left their offices, potentially. Mm. And then they reported the next ones we'll go through. All the ones I have bolded here were, were potentially the same seller because this uh, the same October 2021 auction, he reported several of these games and being sold again, same exact copy in November 2023. A, Zelda, a Zelda 2, 9.8. $102,000, two years later, the same copy, $14,400. They lost about $90,000 on that. They lost two thirty dollars about on the other one. So now we're up to about, they lost about a Pat Math, like three twenty. dollars Russian attack, 9.4. I can't believe we lived in a world where a Russian attack went for $43,000, but it did. The same copy, they went for $7,800. Still way too much for Russian attack, and I love Russian attack. Good game. Uh, so that's 34,000. That was an NES Punk video Ian never saw as well. An early one from 2009. No, I, I did see that, actually. I saw more of your early ones. Well, that's weird. Um, the next was another long box, a Twisted Metal long box, 87,000. The same one, one uh, sold for 17,000. Now we're at a loss uh, over four, about $400,000 between just these few games. Uh, and a Final Fantasy seven nine point eight eighteen thousand. 9.8, uh, lost about 12,000, 6.6,000. So we're talking about just these games that Carl identified from probably this one person lost about $430,000. Yes. In, 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 in a year, excuse <laughs> me, two years. That's, that's not a good investment. So my thought I put down here was, how do we know these games were ever paid for? Um, and that's something I come back to a lot in all this bubble, is that it only takes a certain percentage of these to be not paid for, or shield built up by a couple of people that never plan on paying for it in order to explode a market on some of these games. The long box games, we've seen a couple here. PlayStation 1 games, Zelda 2 that you know is not rare at all, uh, that you're going to make you and your buddies who then start to sell these to other idiots for tens of thousands of dollars. That's all it takes. Because remember, we talked about this before and confirmed by folks that uh, if these aren't paid for, you'll never find out. Sure. And maybe this is just two years later, they sell them. I'm not saying this happened, but either someone lost a ton of money, uh, hundreds of thousands, or they never paid for. The next one we commented on, you want to talk about Tech Mobile? 
Uh, so Tecmo Bowl went from 144K at 9.6A+. plus. No, no, from 9.4A+. Uh, well, I'm plus. sorry, went from a 9.4A+, yeah. at 144K, to a 9.6A+, plus at 4.9K. We actually brought this one up. Yep. Uh, we already brought this one up, so that's not new. But yeah, 4.9K, I, and that's just an insane $140,000 eat, eat, eating it. I mean, that's, at, that's nuts. At least because you had a worse condition copy. Sure. It could be more. It's probably more than that. And again, this is people guessing at anything. Tecmo Bowl, it was popular when it came out. Yeah, it's not popular now. There's no legacy anymore to this. You know, like it well, does. I mean, on the cusp of a brave new world of financial opportunities, uh, you know, people will find excuses for anything to, you know, to think that anything will be popular. Zelda 2. Oh, I mean, it's Zelda, so it's going to be huge, but it's not the original Zelda. And mm-hmm. It's not everyone's favorite game, and it was super common. Tecmo Bowl, yeah, people love it, but no one needs to have the original Tecmo Bowl on their shelf. It's not, it's not something that anyone would ever collect. Sure. Next one is a Wii game that he brought up. This is this pure, obviously pure, unbridled greed and speculation. Uh, Getting... We talked about this one too. I we think, bring this I one feel up. Like we talked. We yeah, we definitely talked about this. Poke Park. We also talked about the Sonic. Oh, well, we did the Sonic. Oh, well, you're getting ahead of ourselves, Ian. So, so this was a Wii game that I know nothing about. You know about the Pokemon stuff. I don't. Uh, I'm, I'm too old. I'm a boomer. Uh, a Wii game, nine point eight a plus plus twenty, about twenty three thousand down to six hundred dollars. It could even crack a thousand dollars. Holy yeah, that's, shit! That's pretty intense. That's a, that's a you just ate that one bad. Here comes the Sonic one, which is one of my favorite ones. Sonic nine point six uh, a uh, three hundred twelve thousand dollars, which wasn't the most expensive one, by the way. There was a B plus that went for I think three sixty. Remember three sixty, um, three hundred twelve thousand thirty eight thousand four hundred. A 9.4A also sold on, for 420 on golden auctions. And then fast forward a couple years, uh, 28,000, 0.8, uh, 9.4, which is still a lot of money, but we're talking these both of these individuals lost over $300,000 about. Like we're talking, this is, this is like insane, insane. And just, and just for going back to like sealed games and protecting, and this is just a, something I did silly. I randomly got three Genesis games off my shelf. Uh-huh. I got Captain America and the Avengers off my shelf. Captain America. I got Muhammad Ali heavyweight boxing, which is a strange choice because he was way retired by then, but whatever. Uh, and then Fatal yeah, Labyrinth. But it's just one of those names. I mean, that's yeah. known. And then Fatal Labyrinth, one of the early black black grid games. And and just because, like, obviously, you talk about grading stuff because you are grading the boxes as well. I, that gets lost in the whole shuffle that this is a kind of a point in this is that you're grading conditions. And then if it happens to be sealed, like it is not easy to like do d- good damage to a Genesis case. Like I'm looking at these cases and I'm like, these are all in pretty damn good shape. Obviously the hang tab can be ripped off, but if not like these are hard plastic that are also protected by a plastic sleeve that goes around it anyway to protect the, the, uh, the insert. So Genesis games do a damn good job on their own being protected. That's just an aside that I thought about. It's like if you grade it, I mean, yeah, the Genesis games are just about the 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 strongest case. They're tanks. I remember us having these complaints when we first talked about game collecting. Is that if you're just looking at it from a protection angle, uh, they're in they're in the Humvees of of game cases. Yes, 
These are hard plastic cases. Like, you look at the edge. Oh, the plastic uh, insert cover is frayed a little bit. Like, th- there's not real... Like, you have to go out of your way to damage a Genesis game. Or probably any a lot of these CD games. You can, like, scratch... Yeah, you can scratch a Turbo Graphics game, like the Hue Car case. Like, it's going to take some effort. Again, another reason why a lot of this is so fucking dumb. And it's also stupid. Like, ever, ever see, I own some Genesis games sealed in Master System. I have like a handful. The seals are never perfect anyway because they always fuck up around, uh, around the hang tape part. They always get weird and cracked and stuff. And anyway, that's all. We got a few more. We talked about this one, a Mario Kart 64, 9.6, A++++. 144,000 down to 36,000. These were all the, 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 all the people were whining and, uh, and copium. Remember on, on, on Instagram? They're like, oh, they, they auctioned it too soon. Another one, remember? Yeah. It's like, okay, what do you want to wait five years? There's tons of these out there. Not tons, but you know what I'm saying. Same thing with the Smash Brother. It went for the same price, which is weird. 144,000. The same copy, 15.6,000. Uh, a Legend of Zelda, 9.6 A+. Two copies at different times went for the same price. Again, sketchy, 156000 down to 14400 And then our favorite, the biggest drop, not percentage-wise, but in terms of monetary value, is still the king, which set this all off, the Super Mario 64, 9.8. It was a $1.5 million down to 800000 a few months later in fall 2021 at Golden Auctions. And the same Golden Auctions we talked about, uh, Carl didn't mention it because he wanted to stick to all the same te- uh, technical grades. Uh, there was a VGA 95 gold, which is VGA's highest grade, went for only 250000 that fall. So already that game dropped $1.25 million, $1. million in a few months, technically. It's ridiculous. Yikes. So getting back to the point before that Ian first brought up, um, now when I search for sold listings, I used to like Ian when I edit the podcast, we want to see how much Super Mario 64 has dropped. Well, search right. for Super Mario 64 or search for Super Mario Kart. Click by highest prices or, 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 or by date. You can see like them all with the prices sold. Heritage Auctions doesn't allow you to do that anymore. You have to click a button to go to the page to see the price. They don't want you to be an informed buyer, it looks like. To me, at least. That's my opinion. They want you to be as uninformed as humanly possible when looking up the history of these games. That's always a great sign, right? I mean, what else can you say? Yeah, I mean, like obfuscating the 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 info, especially when it used to be there, is a is a big tell. It'd be one thing if like the site opened and that just wasn't like a thing they had, and you're like, oh, that's dumb. But to have it and then take that away, yeah, you're trying to hide something. Uh, Meanwhile, the population reports on WADA have they updated since June? Still, let's see. Uh, because whenever we talked about this last, they weren't updated. Since oh, I have June. a pro- I have a feeling they probably haven't been. But uh, Nintendo sixty four, uh, June. I'll just do one more. I'll do NES. I'll do the OG one here. Uh, Nintendo Entertainment System. Uh, yes, June. Almost almost half a year, uh, fellas. Let let's get those updated soon. Um, are we at the Are we at the bottom, Ian? Should we buy the dip? I've seen a couple of YouTubers maybe comment about that. That like talking about this stuff. And no. saying this is good because not, not buy the dip. We should not buy the dip. I don't think. Well, I, I don't mean, think... even if you like wanted just to collect these things, not to speculate, do you think we've hit the rock bottom, or could these go lower? No, these can go lower. They can always go lower. That's, that's absolutely. Ca- it's called the dead cat bounce in stocks. It means when things hit bottom, 
everyone thinks, well, it's going to go back up that we have to buy now. So then you'll see a spike and then it dies again. Right. Like, I don't even think we're at that yet, but we'll get to the point where people will think where it's at the lowest possible. More money will come in. Fresh money comes back in because they're speculating probably to, to fuel to go back up. Then it'll go back up a little bit and then it'll die again and get even worse. I mean, it happens with stocks and everything. It's just how human nature is. You think it's at the bottom? Throw some money at it because now it's time to make money. I just think we'll see less sales coming up. I mean, people who need the money they have invested in this will try to offload it. But I think we're just going to see less sales. People are going to hold on to it because every sale that goes out there that gets lower and lower is, you know, another, you know, uh, sign of the the uh, the market dying. And uh, they don't want to put the proof out. Well, I'm getting the mailers. They're really trying to diversify what they're selling, like heritage auctions. Like yeah. they're really trying to diversify, like more consoles. I've seen, uh, like original art, which is cool. Like original, like the art from Bionic Commando. That's actually like interesting because it's like one of a kind art piece. Yeah. Um, more like Nintendo Powers. I think Howard Phillips is auctioning off a bunch of his copies of Nintendo Power. It's interesting. He doesn't have the first Fun Club newsletter, which I don't. He's a Venice collection. Um, yeah, I think they're wow. They're doing vid pro game cards. They're auctioning up at heritage auctions. That's desperate. That is desperate. Once you're auctioning up vid pro game cards, the things they have at Toys R Us where you flip up and see the information on the back of the box before you take it. To, wow, that's um, we're we're getting into desperate times and for stuff. I'm not saying there's gonna be nothing left to ever auction, but uh, they're, 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 on heritage auctions, and I love these. Is a complete inbox uh, zipper Bishu green NES controller. I, like that's what's on heritage auction. Are you serious? I'm shocked. I'm shocked. Yeah, that's... It's it's a new condition. Apparently, that's still shocking. That that's on heritage auctions. Hell, I might bid on that because I love the zipper, different colors. They have a pink one. They have a yellow one. They have a blue one on that. Anyway, so there you have it, Ian. That's that's our heritage auctions uh, update. Uh, don't buy the dip unless you actually yeah. want to own these things and hold on to them. Or it's for chips or vegetables or crudite or something. This portion of the CU podcast is brought to you by Rex MD. Guys, going to the doctor to talk about your issues can be a problem. First, you got to book an appointment. Then you got to go and wait in the waiting room before you talk to the doctor. Then sometimes it can be a little bit embarrassing to talk about issues that could be a little bit personal. Well, here's the thing. Most men's health issues have really simple solutions. And Rex MD is all about simple solutions. Rex MD makes getting generic and branded Viagra or Cialis easy. Everything's online, even the prescription, and they deliver to your door. There's no office visit. It's no talking to a receptionist. It's super simple. Did you know that Viagra can cost around 90 a pill? But RexMD has generic Viagra for as low as just $2 a pill. Just fill out a quick medical questionnaire on their website, and a doctor will review your situation and prescribe you generic Viagra if appropriate. Your medication gets shipped right to your door with free two-day shipping. It's fast, simple, and cheap, and you can access your U.S.-licensed RexMD physician anytime you need afterwards. RexMD has helped over 300,000 guys get generic Viagra quickly and conveniently. RexMD just works, and it works the very first night. Act now to take advantage of their best deal yet by heading to RexMD.com slash podcast. Our exclusive Black Friday deal will save up to 95% off where you'll only pay $2 per dosage plus a free gift and a $100 credit during this limited time offer. Starter packs of generic Viagra or Cialis are now available for our listeners to get started. That's RexMD.com slash podcast for up to 95% off and a free gift and $100 store credit. Give the gift of pleasure this year with RexMD. So, 
the Marvel Universe. Uh, it's in a little bit of trouble. The cinematic universe, Ian? The MCU? The cinematic universe. I haven't seen a Marvel movie since Doctor Strange. Two, which was what, last summer of Two. last year? Yeah, I don't even remember. And I enjoyed it greatly. I thought it was one of the better Marvel movies. Um, it, was so May when, of, it was May of last year? Wow, that was like a year and a half. Holy shit. <laughs> so when one hits, I mean, there, it, you know, there are still some good movies that can come out of there. But the mainstream mainline Marvel stuff is, uh, you know, the stuff that really kind of counts for whatever phase they're on. Phase five? Um, are we in it, phase five, I think? I've... I know I thought phase four. I was trying to get into phase five. I think that's the problem. We're kind of stuck at the end of phase four, and we don't know where we're going to go because of the, the <laughs> well, majors stuff. Well, I was going to say, but we have to get past phase five because then you get to the new Avengers movie. Like, what phase are we in? I, gotta... I, I don't know. And I don't know that Marvel really knows what phase they're in either. Gotcha. So what has been bringing up, you know, a lot of this uh, this talk is um, the fact that uh, the Marvels uh, tanked, uh, absolutely tanked. Um, it was initial, so it was initially supposed we're in to. Phase five. We're in phase five. Huh? We're in phase, phase five. five. Yeah. Technically, sorry. Uh, I don't even remember what phase four was then. Um, <laughs> initial tracking. It was supposed to. They were. They were thinking it would bring in seventy-five to eighty million, uh, and then it shrank to sixty to sixty-five million. Um, There's bad buzz. People couldn't uh, do the promotion for it because of SAG-AFTRA, the the strike. Um. It ended up breaking the record for uh, worst um, worst opening of any of the thirty three Marvel movies. Uh, it the the previous was fifty five point four million, which was the Incredible Hulk, Hulk, and Ant Man, which I actually liked, but I didn't see it until afterwards. I think a lot of people didn't see Ant Man, the first Ant Man, until after it left theaters. Um, that was fifty-seven point two million. This pulled in forty-seven million in its opening opening weekend. Forty-seven million, which was worse than the Flash movie, I believe, that came out. Uh probably. I yeah. I don't. Need, that's that's real bad. Um, and and I mean, it, it's it's getting a lot of people to to you know kind of look at it and say, well, what needs to be done. And, you know, you read through these articles and so much of this stuff is just fucking common knowledge. Like, yes. and they act like they're having the, the thoughts of the days, but they're like, people might be hitting Marvel fatigue. No fucking shit. The, they're hitting the, Marvel fatigue. You've released 33 Marvel movies since 2008. Uh, 33. The, Flash did 55 million and that looked fucking awful, by the way. And that did 55 million the first weekend. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I would watch. I would watch the Marvels hand handover. I mean, absolutely. Yeah, it won't be I as bad. Flash. Yeah, um, um, I wasn't shocked when they when, when I saw the estimates. I'm like, no, it's going to be worse. There was zero buzz about this, and and any interviews or late night appearances were not going to help. Um, here, there, there, it was when 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 was it? Was we're five years out of Captain uh, Marvel? That was five year, almost five years ago. That came out 2019. That yeah, in a strange early. movie too, because it was it was it took place in the past. Th- yeah, yeah, March eighth. That's almost five years ago that came out, and that was sort of like, well, this is interesting. It was the first you know female starring Marvel movie, 
and we we were in the middle of the build up to to freaking uh end game so it was like wow this is you have to see this remember it was so hot back then it, and, and remember that because of that success they 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 put her into they were going to put her into end game i read originally but it, it did so well it's like we got to get her in there uh you know the end of the end of uh, end game i have huge problems with it's it's it, it seems slapdash i'm not satisfied with it Anyway, Infinity Wars no, are much it's bad. It's very bad. Infinity Wars uh, are I much. Mean, I look, I look back on it, and it was a, it was a wholly unsatisfying end to that whole yeah. scenario. But I still don't regret my time. And I no, think no, that the, I don't either. Uh, but I po- think that that the problem that they're having now is, I mean, yes, it's 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 Marvel exhaustion, which ties into what I'm going to say, and I've said it before. Uh, it's banking on properties that don't have. They spent they, they they spent their they they blew their load in the the first three phases. They pulled out all these Iron Man wasn't always big, but they used all of these big names. They used all of their A listers, and now they're left with smaller characters, which can be interesting. It's what I want to see, but they don't. It, it there's just it does not feel like there is any cohesive vision like there was in the first three well, in the lead up to um, Endgame. And even in the best of times, even with the best movies that they could put out since 2019, uh, they could be firing on all cylinders. I think one of the problems with the Marvel, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is it's a big ask to ask people to keep up on movies the way they did during the first three phases. It is one of those things that I feel like captures an audience and captures, um, I don't know. I mean, it's almost like a, a, a cultural thing. Everyone was watching them. You know, you yes. didn't know anyone who didn't go. It, see them. it was fresh. They ne- it we was never, fresh. there was never and something like I, that before. And, and personally, for, and I said this all the way back then I tapped out like that was fun, but I don't need to do this again. I don't need to make sure I'm seeing three movies a year and trying to keep up on all this. Shit. Well, I just don't need to. Well, they were most, here's the thing. They dug their own grave. They, well, they're doing what Star Wars did. They just, I mean, it, it's it's overexposure. When they jumped into streaming the TV shows, I kind of knew that that was it. They were just going to be spreading themselves too thin. That's part of it. Streaming, well, streaming has ruined entertainment in general. That's a whole other yes. conversation. It's diluted. It made it unimportant. No one cares. It's, it's the totally devalued entertainment. Was one of the reasons why they had these strikes. Um, they dug their own grave though because they had this. It didn't. From what I read, it didn't start as a ten-year plan, but became a ten-year plan. Yes. Which we're going to follow through with Thanos, a big thing. That's great, but that's not how comic books works. And that's no. not how the comic book characters work. These characters exist for decades and decades. You can't just get rid of this. And I said this years ago. You can't just get rid of the big characters that we are attached to and think that we're not going to care. You can't get rid of Steve Rogers and Iron Man and, and think that it's going to be business as usual and just replace them with other characters. That's not how comic books works. That's not how anything works. Likewise, I would say that um, the Marvel Cinematic Universe as a whole big project, 10 years, is not how comics work. Sure. Comics have events. Yes. Comics share worlds when it's convenient, but comics also find a way to just break what's going on, take your same character and be like, that wasn't going so great. So we're going to put them in a new story. Sure. We can have a character being written by multiple people. There can be different runs. X-Men does it. Mm-hmm. Batman does it in DC to their credit is one is slowly starting to realize that 
what with the Batman not being their main Batman movie, apparently, like there's going to be another Batman, but they will still do another the Batman. They, they, they can have multiple takes on a character and not everything needs to be connected. Again, yes. it worked once, but they kind of took the they kind of took the summer event thing that happens in comics uh, and they blew it out to like a 10 year thing. Yeah. Uh, which worked fine, but, but now it's like, well, now how do you ever get back that high? You're never going to reach that height ever again. Well, no, you can't. Ever. And it also shows uh, the cracks in doing it. And yeah. it shows how much of it, especially if there was no 10 year plan, which I believe it shows just how much of it was lightning in a bottle and in, sure. in, in striking while the iron was hot. And that's what I read through these articles. And it just it, it makes me want to smash my head against a rock because people who make money are not necessarily smart people. They're all talking about how they couldn't have seen this coming. And it's like, no, you clearly no. We have seen we this literally coming. talked about this stuff years ago. We talked about this is going to be bad. Everyone like, did, yeah. but I mean, it's all just it's all just fucking run the money through the juicer until sure. there's nothing and, left to do. And that was before Disney Plus. Yeah, we're like, well, what happens when you have your B listers and C listers come along? So and it's not the fact also that you have B listers and C listers. It's how you're introducing them. So this this Marvel's movie comes out. And two of the three characters, I would only know if I was watching their shows on Disney+. Plus. So, like, I, if, I'm, if I'm a casual person, this is advertising to me, I'm like, who the hell are these, these other two people? I have no idea who they Monica are. Monica Rambo introduced in... Yeah, when she was nine, she was in... Uh, right, yeah. It was her okay. mom in the movie. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So her I had mom, to have seen... I was seen... like, it was her daughter. I'm like, no, that's the other way around. Yeah. That makes sense. So it's... you had to have seen WandaVision and see her introduced in that. And then the Marvel, uh, the the Miss Marvel show, you'd have to see that. Not only that, seen the characters and then liked them enough to then go see the movie. That's a big ask for a lot of people. A big ask to see that. Well, uh, my thing is, is like, I love Monica Rambeau, but I don't love her for this role. So, sure. I, I mean, my love of her comes from different comics. It comes from Next Wave, Agents of Hate and stuff like that. Like, this is a character that I would be excited to see on the big screen doing something else but they're putting yeah it, it yeah it's kind of strange it's just mishmash oh they have marvel in the name and she was one of the, i know she was the the uh captain marvel in the 80s i remember uh during like secret wars that's the only thing i know about her she was like the right. set she was a replacement uh, captain marvel that's all i know uh but anyway oh that okay uh, yeah you're yeah correct um that's the only thing i know her from i'm like oh this must be the same captain marvel from back then um the point is this you have to give the audience a. This is so stupid. It's common sense. I feel like getting in the room with them and be like, "You have to give the re- people a reason to get behind these characters and see them in the movie theater." You have to divorce yourself from this of people being everyone's involved in the whole ecosystem where we're going to make hundreds of millions because everyone's watching uh, the Disney Plus shows. That's not happening. That's not how this works. Well, and that's when I go back to saying that people have tapped out. That's the issue. So many of those movies in. The original few years, um, you know, the the original phases would have done far less numbers if we weren't all caught up in the hype of making sure we see everything so that we know what's going on. And that was only two movies a year for the first like seven, eight years, two movies. And then it went to three. That's that's fine. But now when it's three movies or maybe four, now I got to watch three Disney Plus shows on top. I'm done. I'm done. Because now well, I'm not I mean, like I, all I, when I think of like Iron Man three or or I mean, and I liked the uh, original Captain Marvel, 
but the original Captain Marvel, these are movies that I think at this point people were going to because it was part of the experience, yes. not because they saw a, you know, a trailer for an Iron Man three movie and said, that looks like the type of movie I'd go well, see. Well, but Iron Man th- watching it because it was the next but Iron Man three was established at that point as a brand that was after Avengers. So like, you know, I loved Iron Man. I 3. liked it a lot. And and it was a one-off. It had no real connection to anything else. It was a palate cleanser. So maybe that wasn't the best one to use, but that goes back to what I was saying previously. You can make these movies as one-offs. You don't have to find a way to tie them to something every single time. Iron Man 3 is a Christmas movie, by the way. (laughs) It is a Christmas movie. It's a road trip trip holiday movie is what it is with a really bad, shitty CG ending, but it's a fun movie. Shane Black likes writing Christmas movies. Like, I mean, you know, go back to Lethal Weapon was during Christmas too. Just, just because, just because Christmas is a, any more Christmas movies. That's all. (laughs) And and also you got to go see, um, oh God. Oh, uh, did he, he did kiss, kiss, bang, bang. You've seen that. That's excellent. Robert Downey Jr. Um, and then, no, I have not seen that. You never saw kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Oh, that's great. No, I know, him. I know, I'm, I know, I need to, but I've, I've never seen it. And then, um, which they're supposed to do a, se- a sequel to it. Uh, one of the best movies I've seen in the past uh, ten years, uh, The Nice Guys. That was already seven years ago. Have you seen The I've Nice never Guys? I've seen that, but I heard it was great. It was excellent. It was excellent. And they're talking about doing another one. Oh uh, yeah, go see <laughs> those. The same sort of, you know. I did hear that, buddy. That's what put it in my mind again, like a couple of weeks ago, as someone was talking about. It. I was like, you know, I never. I never watched that. Oh, Nice Guys is like one of those movies you can probably watch like every other week and it wouldn't get old. Just like one of those ones that would make good background noise. Yeah, because of the, because of the characters and the writing so good, you know, and the acting. So anyway, so how do you fix all this? I don't know if you can. Uh, plus, plus, we're dealing with all the Jonathan Majors legal stuff, which we don't know where we're going with there. We have no idea where that's going to go. But that's that's your big villain. So it's like supposedly the end of this Loki uh, season spoilers they give themselves an out if they were going to change the main villain. So it's like, oh boy, what do we do? They uh, got to give themselves an out and they need to get back on a plan. And I mean, you know, D- DC kept saying for years and years, we're going to get back on a plan. We're going to get back on a plan. But as DC has shown, it's not that easy to get back on a plan and stay on a plan with this many moving parts. Once again, Marvel caught lightning in a bottle and all the pieces were there at the right time in the right place. But they're proving that, you know, maybe DC and Warner Brothers weren't just idiots. They were. I mean, no one needed Zack Snyder at the helm. But maybe it's just really difficult to do this sort of thing. Sure, because it only happened once successfully. It's only happened once. Cinematic universes did not exist before this. They were just movies with what was called sequels. That's how you built built the alien cinematic universe. You made multiple aliens movies. That's that's totally different. And then AV did a couple of bad uh, AVP movies. He did a few of those. Uh, First so. one was okay. The second one I still haven't actually seen. That looks terrible. Uh, remember, there's an Aquaman yeah. movie coming out next. I thought, oh my god, that's finally coming out. Holy you shit! Know what? I wanted to see the original Aquaman because I like. I Aquaman saw it in theaters, and I like Jason Momoa. Yes, but you and every other person told me it was long and boring, and that it was, was the death knell. If everyone had told me it was great it was or boring. good, I would have gone to see it. But if everyone had told me it was really bad for any reason other than it being boring and long, I probably would have seen it. I have no desire to sit down and watch a long, boring movie. But I do like Patrick Wilson. He was great in it as a villain. Patrick Wilson's uh, Black great. Black Manta? Uh, what? Was he Black Manta? 
No, no, no. He he was the um, uh, Patrick Wilson was the his brother or the the vying for the throne underwater. Oh, okay. I know Black Manta's in this new one. Oh, he was in the first one too. Oh, okay. S- smaller role. I don't know who these people are. I don't remember so. anything about the movie. You know Patrick Wilson? No, I don't know. Patrick, Patrick Wilson's in all those horror movies. He's like one of the couples that were based on the real life sham couple. Um, and, and he was in Watchmen. He was Night Owl in Watchmen. I never saw the Watchmen. Patrick Wilson's in a lot of things. He's a great actor. And he's Patrick, so he's cute. Like all. Oh, Patrick's. um. Yeah, he's good. He's great. Yeah, I've seen. I, you know, I couldn't. I've definitely seen him in things, but what the fuck have I seen him in? He's in a lot of like smaller. <laughs> he's in Conjuring movie. and stuff. In yeah, the Conjuring. He's, he's the Mister Conjuring. He's in all those for the most part. Oh, okay, that's a, that's a cinematic it. universe. Actually, that's I do. In. And I gotta watch those. The that's, Annabelle. There's the like Annabelle cinematic. There's universe. like twelve movies in that cinematic universe. Believe it or not. There's yes. Like, no, I know. I'm I'm so, well aware. So we, we are. We, them. So sorry to all the Conjuring fans out there. I've only seen a couple of movies and they're pretty good. But there's like there's like offshoots from that universe yeah for the that, nun so, i've seen yeah. like one of the nun movies i think i saw the nun part two and there's prequels like and stuff there's short film like that's a don't get on me conjuring fans in the comments that's a real cinematic universe that's like no, the other i one. think that's actually pretty fucking cool yeah but they're also also like small budget 20 million dollar movies that you can you can take a risk with that you know, well not- <laughs> right and again not as many moving parts with something yes. that's small and that comparable comparatively low risk yes it's like oh that horror object that doll here's a movie about that who the, how that doll came to be haunted it's like okay it's simple and stupid but it's a horror movie you know like that's how it works right anyway so this is what i would do i would go the james bond route treat it like comics comics every five years hey why does spider-man look different well you got a new artist do that with the actors you got to recast i'm sorry we, we got to get the A-listers back at some point. That's just the way it works. You, you need the A-listers. Well, you know, that's I it. Mean, the other thing for me is I don't know that that's going to work. It, what else are you going to try? Like, I like, mean, they can try, but I don't know that it's going to work. Not not so soon. And the thing is, is I don't think anyone imagined. Well, I, I we could see it coming, but I don't think Marvel imagined that they would be in, in this, this bad shape trouble yeah. this soon um you can't just bring back the original actors right now because they don't really have any interest that's in the variety in article that was an option they floated let's get the original adventures back i mean that's gonna be really difficult i mean those people are getting older and i think they've got some years left in them but sure. like Downey Jr. doesn't want to fucking do it anymore chris evans doesn't want to do it he, he right i mean that yeah they, they just they don't want to do it and so if you don't get them back, it's way, way too soon to replace uh, the original actors visually. I'm just That's saying it's not going to work. They did it for James Bond for 50 years. They swap out the actor and you continue yeah, on. Yeah, But and, James, I mean, it, uh, that became again over time. Sure. But over a greater period of time, I'm not saying they can't. Every do 10 it. years is a new James Bond about by average every 10 years. You know, I mean, that's just the way it is. You have to do that. Yeah, but so, we're not we're not there with this sort of thing yet, and I don't think it fits. As is it well too complex? Because it it's, it's a whole James universe. Maybe it's too complex as a whole universe, not one character. Maybe that's right. It. So yeah. you know, I think it works when, at least mentally for me, it works. Like, okay, you went from the um, uh, the original Spider Man movies, the Raimi movies, right? Sure. And then you got the Amazing Spider Man movies, and those were completely different. And you know. It had been a decent amount of time between the last movies that, you know, having a new actor felt right. But yes, I think part of it is because it's in the same universe and you're going to have these people. 
basically you'd have to recast everything for me to look at it. It would be way too weird to have a new Captain America interacting with, say, the Captain Marvel that he had worked with. Well, that's one of the reasons I think they, that's one of the reasons why they're so desperate to build this multiverse shit. The past three years, four years have been wasted sure. on this multiverse shit. That's been uh, Multitude of Madness, uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, Loki Season 1 and 2, WandaVision. They're throwing everything at the multiverse, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's also in the new Marvels movie at some, at some point. Obviously, Quantumania, they're banking on the multiverse in order to reset this in like two years. That's right. what they're doing. They should have they just really got in Fantastic Four and X-Men lickety-fucking-split before this whole multiverse. They should just figure that out. One movie, multiverse, we're bringing shit in. That could have solved a lot of these problems. That, that could have solved a lot of it. With X-Men and Fantastic Four, and then you're off and running, and that gives you that buys you time with all the other problems. And I think COVID definitely has something to do oh, with sure. it, too. Because if, if that hadn't happened, I think we would be looking at Marvel... I, no, I think we'd be looking at X-Men and uh, Avengers movies early next year. I think the pacing was totally to kind of have an interim period. I think the initial idea was to have Endgame in 2019 have an interim period of movies that kind of set up a transition that would be over by 2023 or 2024 at the latest, and then start on your next tent pulls. And that's just, that has not happened. Well, we're, we're five years from infinity war. Almost we're over we're four and a half years from uh, Endgame, for God's sake. Yeah. So I think originally they probably wanted to have Avengers by now. <laughs> like, that's probably that's what I'm, saying. Like, I'm, I'm saying. <laughs> At the latest, early 2024 would have been November. And now it's going to be like mid-25, probably, is what it's going to be. So we'll see. I just, um, I mean, I love love Guardians of the Galaxy 3, but again, that was disconnected from everything else. That was his own thing. that's probably why it worked. I haven't seen it yet, but I heard it's fantastic. Um, And now it's like, okay, we got to, we have all these B B and C listers, honestly. Like Iron Man was a B lister. You know, um, some of these characters are C-listers that they're trying to push. And it's like, it's not going to work. I go back to, like, how do you introduce these characters? Look at the comics. There was an entire there was an entire comic that I used to love seeing the cheap issues of called Marvel Team-Up. And the entire run was Spider-Man teaming up with a lesser-known hero every fucking issue for the most part. every In order to push them up. Like, that's one of the ways you do this, is that you have to pair them with a bigger hero somehow, but that's tough to do because this is not comics, it's movies. Obviously, it's tougher to do that and, and shows. But just pushing a new a new hero just because they're it's an MCU doesn't mean they're going to be successful. We're not at that point anymore. There's going to be winners and losers. We've seen enough of this. We have fatigue, or maybe we're just superhero fatigued. Yeah. That, Oppenheimer made almost a billion. Barbie did a billion dollars. Um. Maybe we just now we grew up and we want we want movies that aren't just people bashing things with super powers. That's part of it too. It can happen. Yeah. All right, this was fun, right, Ian? Yeah, it was. We got yeah, you up before four thirty, so there you go. See. <laughs> well, I'm gonna go convalesce because I've got an aqua concert to go to tomorrow, and I want to be good and healthy and D D to play on Sunday. So I gotta get. I got to get straight. Remember, if, uh, if you want to listen to us ramble about more stuff, patreon.com slash CU podcast. You can find a bunch of dozens and dozens, like almost 60 plus or so of us rambling about stuff. 
that you've never seen on YouTube before. So, you know, check it out. And uh, I mean, check out, you can check out my writing uh, this past week. Not only did I also ramble about Othello, but an even nerdier recent pastime of mine, nerdier. cellular automata. So go have fun. All right. I don't know what that is, but uh, it sounds like a horror movie. Cellular Conway's auto- Game of Life. Remember that on oh, Windows? The, the Game of Life? Conway's Game of Life. It was on Windows? No, I didn't have that on Windows. Okay. I'll explain it to you some other time. All right. That'll be the next exclusive. Yeah. All right. We'll see you later, everyone. Bye.